0: You're listening to the North Richland Hills Baptist Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to nrhbc.org. Well, good morning and welcome to you who are worshiping online as well as who are present. I want to invite you this evening to join with me for an evening of prayer. You know, a divided nation requires a united church. And so I want to invite you to gather together. For an important time of prayer this evening, we'll be socially distanced, you'll be safe, and we need to gather together on our knees. So join with me this evening at 6 p.m. Let me ask you a question as we begin this morning. Do you know who you are? Now I don't mean do you have the proper identification, but do you know who you are? Maybe this little story from a late 90s United Airlines gate agent just happened to be that some years ago in Denver, Colorado, a passenger was acting very rudely. In fact, this gate agent was tasked with telling everyone at the gate their new flight assignment. And again, there were hundreds there. And so the line had been formed. You've perhaps been there yourself. When one particularly rude man came all the way from the back, pushed his way forward and said in an angry, demanding fashion I've got to be on the next flight and I demand first class this is when the United Airlines gate agent just politely said sir I'm very sorry for any inconvenience I'll be happy to help you but you're going to have to get back in line wait your turn do everything uh, I'll do everything I can so that something will work out this is where this anger man true story now says look at me do you know who I am That's when the United Airlines gate agent did something profound. This is when she took the public address microphone in hand. and She said to all those in the area, may I have your attention, please? We have a passenger here at gate 42 who does not know who he is. (laughs) If anyone can help me identify this man, would you please come to the gate immediately? I won't tell you what the man said in reply. (laughs) Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you have that security? And this morning, what we're gonna look at together is how the cross of Jesus Christ frees us up. It gives us a great gift to enjoy right now so that we can be freed up to be the person whom we're made to be. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Did you bring a copy of God's Word? Would you hold it up for me for just a moment? Just hold it up and wave it at me. Awesome, fantastic. You want to put your eyes on the page of Scripture. If you didn't bring a copy of God's Word, there's a black book in front of you, page 1159. Now, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to see what God has done for you. If you're not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to see what God wants to do for you. And so many people really struggle with who they are. So many people struggle with who they are. In fact, I came across a really interesting article, why entitled, Why Highly, why highly Successful People Seek Therapy. Why Highly Successful People Seek Therapy. And it gave the five strategies, or the five biggest reasons why some of the most successful people that you and I know, business and culture, seek therapy. And the number one reason, according to this psychologist, this expert, was what is known as the imposter syndrome. The imposter syndrome. The imposter syndrome, which may not be a a legit piece, but it makes sense, in the the following, it's a persistent feeling that you simply are not good enough. It's a persistent feeling among the most successful that you are simply not good enough. That you're inadequate, that you are a fraud, that you are a fake. And what we're told is this impacts everyone, the richest of the rich, the famous, the smartest, all the following. Did a little digging, and I found that our cultural influencers, this is indeed something. Lady Gaga said of herself, quote, I never, I never felt pretty enough or smart enough or a good enough musician, end quote. Or closer to my era, Madonna. She said, I have an iron wheel. And all of my will has always been to conquer some horrible feeling of inadequacy. I've always struggling within me, this fear, this drive in life, this horrible fear of being mediocre. It's always pushing me, pushing me because even when I have become somebody, I still have to prove that I am somebody. My struggle has never ended and probably never will, end quote. Then one more, John Lennon, of the Beatles. John Lennon would have turned 80 years of age late last year. Can you imagine that? He wrote that famous song that so many of you can recognize with the first few strings being played, Help. He wrote the song, the lyrics of the song for a movie, but you know the words, help, I need somebody, help, not just anybody. And he said, he didn't realize at the time, but he was going through what he called his fat Elvis syndrome. Not exactly sure what that is but then again I may know what that is he said later I really knew I was crying out for help you know we think about who we are the gospel gives us this great freedom and there's few other times in life that we need this news as we need it now late summer of last year the CDC reported that one of every four young adults between the ages of 18 and 24 one of every four young adults in america have considered suicide this past summer the loneliness experiencing depression has tripled that number of people who are experiencing depression has tripled during this pandemic we need the security that is found in jesus christ and the truth is we all have this problem inside of us as we're going to see We feel like we need to be successful. We feel like we need more money. We need more fame. We need more popularity, status. We need more power. And the problem isn't to be fixed on the outside. The problem is on the inside. So there's this sense that you and I need to prove ourselves, that we need to cover ourselves. And the gospel, it it gives a witness that it can give an incredible freedom, not just in my future, not just in my next life, but in this life. It can teach me who I am, how to view myself, and my self-image. And the Bible says this, here's this truth. You'll never know who you are until you know who God is. The moment you find God is the moment you find yourself. You'll never know who God is until you know who you are. And here's the incredible truth for every follower of Jesus Christ today. You don't understand how incredibly valuable you are, how richly blessed you are, and how unbelievably loved you are. Look with me beginning in verses four, five, and six of what is the longest sentence in your New Testament. It begins in verse three by speaking of how blessed we are. We've experienced these spiritual blessings in Jesus Christ, beginning in verse three, all the way down to verse 14, it's one long sentence in the original Greek of your New Testament. Now it's five sentences in the version I'm using, but it's as if Paul has an outburst and he just can't help himself. He's so excited that he cannot stop talking. You ever been there? Just go on and on and on. And you just can't shut up. And what he's given us here is just something that's extremely rich. It's extremely rich. In fact, we're going to take four Sundays looking at this one sentence, the second of those four, because what you have here in verses 3 through 14, we're looking at verses 4 and 5 today, is one of the most panoramic views of what God has done in Christ for us. Imagine going to a place to see a panoramic view. I'm thinking of that place out in the southeast near where I grew up when mom and dad took me and I could see five states. Right there, what is that, that old battleground, the Civil War, the Tennessee? You can see the five states. This is a panoramic view of all that God has accomplished. It begins in verse 3 with God's grace, and in verse 14 it will end with God's glory. And it's this beautiful sentence where you find yourself. Beginning in verse 3, look with me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ. Now, I want to ask a question. How are we blessed? Well, notice in verse 3, the Bible says we're blessed in Christ. Keep reading now. Even as he chose us in him. The him is Jesus before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ. We are blessed in Jesus Christ. Every spiritual blessing, for those of you who are worshiping and watching online at home, comes through Christ Jesus. All the text continues to say in this sentence is in him, in Christ. 15 times in 14 verses, Jesus is mentioned. You know, as we worship here today, In the early part of 2021, there are more than 4,000 formally recognized religions around the world, around 4,200. And if those religions were food, you'd have an incredible buffet in front of you. If they were food, it'd be an incredible buffet of all the God choices, the choices of how you view God. Many think today it's the same cook, the same restaurant, in the same tables putting them out. But if you go to the cafeteria, the restaurant called Christianity, there's but one thing on the menu, and it is Jesus. Christianity, in the Bible says that Jesus is the only one that is good for you and will last forever. But how do we know that? Two billion people today claim Jesus Christ, meaning around seven out of 10 people have rejected him at some level. How can Jesus Christ be true and everything else be false? And the answer is in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the area you need to investigate. Of the 4,200 other choices, he is unique and he is powerful in that what he does and what he accomplishes for you. In fact, to go back into verses three through five and look again at the power of Jesus Christ, verse seven says this, in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. The reason Jesus stands out singular among the 4,200 is his life, his death, and his resurrection. And for you to be blessed, you have to be united to Jesus Christ. And you're united to him, all the blessings come with him. If you have Jesus, you have everything. And if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. He's just that important once you have him you have everything and when you have jesus you have all that he has and he has everything how are we blessed secondly look at this second piece why have we received these blessings and again verse three through five specifically verse four the bible tells us this even as he chose us in him so how do we receive the blessings do we purchase them do we inherit them do we work for them the bible's clear You were chosen for these blessings if you're in christ you receive spiritual blessings because god chose you you were selected the bible says now later on it will speak of the importance of having faith in jesus christ but here's the truth no one seeks after god the bible says no one seeks after god and god is coming after you you may think today that You spent years, you spent months, you spent a lot of study and struggle looking and searching for God. But from God's panoramic view, he's always been the one seeking after you. Maybe I can put it this way. Maybe the mice says he's been seeking for a cat, but no mouse looks for a cat. The cat always is the one that searches for the mouse. So it is with God. The Bible says that he comes after you, and it's beautifully pictured, is it not, in the parable of the prodigal son? Do you know the story of the boy that runs off, comes to his senses, he left with a lot of money in his pocket, he left with a lot of blessings. Somewhere out there, he recognized his stupidity. It's when he's eating what the pigs eat. And so Jesus tells this story. Do you remember this? And the boy, he says, I'm going to search for my father. And he makes his way to the Father, but what is the next piece? He doesn't, he's got this rehearsed speech. You know, how do I get back in the house? How do I get back in my old bedroom? And the Bible says, Jesus says, the Father doesn't even wait for him. That's what the Bible's saying in verse four. You receive blessings because the Father is seeking you. He's searching for you. He's coming after you. And the boy doesn't even get through his rehearsed speech, until the father runs to meet the boy, which had been extremely rare in that day. Old, dignified, wealthy men didn't run. Amen, glory to God. I can't wait till I get there. Look at verse 3 through 5 again. The Bible says, even as he chose us in him, and then look at these words, in love, in love, he predestined us for adoption. Paul is praising God the father for the incredible character trait that we see in him. In love, he's come after us. One person said, it's as if the God the Father has mugged us. Not to take something from us, but he's mugged us with love. Listen again to this sentence. I repeat for the the second time today and maybe the fifth, sixth, seventh time in the last several weeks, you have no idea, child of God, how incredibly valuable you are, how richly loved you are, and how unbelievably blessed you are In Christ Jesus how are we blessed we're blessed in Christ Jesus we're selected for it then the Bible says why did he choose us back in verse 4 he chose us in him that we should be holy and blameless before him you remember among the three original Star Wars films did you watch these somewhere along there Darth Vader reveals Luke I'm your father and then trying to pull Luke over in the movie Darth Vader says, it is your destiny. I'm not going to give you my James Earl Jones impersonation. He says, it is your destiny. Well, like that, only now, no longer a myth, the Bible's teaching us that you've been chosen to be holy and blameless in Christ. Now, some may look at Christianity and say, well, now that I've been forgiven of the cross, I can live like I want to live. I can live like hell because I'm on my way to heaven. But no true son or daughter of God thinks that way or acts that way you've been chosen and because you're in the family we're more on that in just a moment the character trait of the father is to be in you you know one of the great miracles of the day great miracles not so much that you've been healed or a child or a loved one's been raised from the dead the greatest miracle is that a hell-bound sinner has been given a new nature transformed in Jesus Christ and made in him holy and blameless It's not until you see that with your own eyes, someone who is self-righteous, someone who's addicted to some other kind of alcohol or something else, and they're made new in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again to you, you have no idea how incredibly blessed you are, how incredibly valuable you are, and how incredibly loved you are as a follower of Jesus Christ. You've been chosen, the Bible says, to be like your Father, to be holy and blameless. And then the Bible here, look at this, Back in verses 3 through 5, when did he choose us? Did you see when he chose us there in verse 4? He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So before Adam and Eve got going, before anything got spun out into space, sun, moon, stars, before seas were scooped up and put into place, and mountains, that's when he chose you. Credible, isn't it? You know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful he didn't wait around. I'm grateful he didn't wait to choose us after he saw us because maybe when he saw us, he might regret his choice. I'm glad he did it way back then. Before anything, I had a chance to mess it up. Remember, the moment you find God is the moment you find out who you really are. And then there's this incredible gift here, this blessed life. The Bible says in verse 5, you've been predestined for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. And why does it not say sons and daughters? It says sons because in Roman law, this is written right about 60, 61 A.D., 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Roman law, Ephesus was in the Roman Empire. To be a son was a guarantee of all the inheritance of my father. Matter of fact, in adoption law, in Roman law, you're better off to be a son than you were a natural son. So we've been adopted Now there's four gifts I want you to see in this. This is how incredibly blessed you are in Jesus Christ. I want you to see all four of these great gifts that you've been predestined. First, the first gift is access, access. The Bible says in verse four, predestined us for adoption to himself in you. Imagine if you wanna go see the president today. Politics aside, humor aside, if you wanted to see the president, what kind of people get to see the president? Probably a lot of money. I bet if I were donating lots and lots of money, I might get some access. If I had a championship, some sort of trophy, sports, soccer, football, whatever that might be, might get a little bit of time with the president, team. If I was some important scientist. In other words, the only way I get to see the president is if I've achieved something. But if I'm the president's son or if I'm the president's daughter, and if I'm six years of age, at 2 o'clock in the morning, I get to go into the presence of the present, don't I? And I've not achieved anything. I don't have any real money to my name. What's the difference? I have access to the Father because I'm in the family. And that's exactly the gift you've been given if you are in Christ. You've been adopted. You now have access to the Father. He will take you. It's not about your achievement. It's not about your wealth. It's that you've been adopted into the family. So the Bible's teaching here this incredible gift, these gifts that we're going to see four. He's not just your deliverer, he's not just your king, he's not just your master. Now the Bible calls upon us to call him Father. More on that in just a moment. Here's the first gift the gift of access. Here's the second gift you've been given the gift of inheritance. The gift of inheritance. The Bible teaches that when you're in the family of God, you've been adopted. By the way, you're not adopted automatically. I was not adopted in 1971 at my birth. I was adopted when I placed my faith in Jesus Christ later that decade. And so look carefully, here's an inheritance. What does this mean? God adopts any man, any woman who has faith in Jesus Christ as one of his own. And you're given the rights and privileges As his own son, stop, full stop, think, pay attention, look here. You are given every gift, everything that Jesus Christ earned. That'd be a great place to put an amen. That'd be a great place to kind of get happy in Jesus. I didn't say that you won this, uh, what is it, three quarters of a million dollars Powerball or power something out there. You can lose that. Your, Your family can fight over that. You can misspend that. This inheritance is a spiritual that you will not lose. It will not get stolen. Matter of fact, nobody realizes the real value of it. That's why you don't have all your poor cousins showing up saying, can I have some of this the moment you win this? Listen, you don't achieve it, but you inherit everything that the son Jesus Christ has earned. And the Bible says this, when you are adopting the family, you are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Who am I to be on his level? I can tell you there's no way I should be there. This is the incredible gift of God that when you're adopted into the family, you are of the inheritance. Talk about freeing you up. Talk about knowing who you are. I am a child of God. Richly, richly, uh, just unbelievably blessed. Here's the third gift, security. The Bible says, again, verse 4, I've been predestined. You've been predestined. Security is the gift for adoption, adoption to God himself as sons. What does it mean to have security? Well, imagine if you worked for your father. For most of us, working for our father, there might be a little bit more of allowances. If we work for our mother, as we could get by with a little bit more. If you tried this stuff with just any old boss, you know, some boss that hired you off the street, he would not put up with you. But the security of working for your father. In my house, my dad would love to tell the story. He got a new mower, I was 18, 19, 20. i come home, I think from University of Kentucky to his house and it had just two pictures on the mower. Had a picture of what was oil, and had a picture of gas, but My father read the instructions 18 times, 19 if necessary. He was an engineer. I felt that the directions were only needed to be read in case of emergency. So I went out and I put gasoline where the oil should go. He loved that years later. He loved to tell that story. All kinds of words, all kinds of emotional verbal fireworks went off at that moment. But you know, had I been his employee, he would have fired me a long time ago. But he was somewhat patient with me because I was his son. There's a security there. You're into the family of God. There's a security there. Are you struggling with who you are? Let me give you this gift today, this incredible gift that you're adopted by your heavenly Father. Here's the fourth. Here's the fourth, fourth gift. You're disciplined, disciplined. Here's a gift. You say, Pastor, that doesn't sound like much of a gift to me. You know, my father did not discipline every child down the block. But he did discipline me. I could make my father incredibly angry back in the day. Blood pressure shoot through the roof. Why is that? Because he cared about me. When you are a child of God, he will discipline you. And everything that comes into your life, every hurt, again, you have your co-heirs with Jesus Christ, but between here and there, between here and heaven, difficulty will come. And your father watches every difficulty with painstaking, beautiful vision. And he will take every piece of suffering and turn it into something to conform you to the character of Jesus Christ. You know why you're alive today? You know why you have breath to be conformed to the image of jesus christ you are adopted into the family you know when jesus came he would teach us new ways to pray and one of the most marvelous things we don't pay attention to it we don't we don't catch the revolutionary nature one of the most revolutionary things he would do is when he would pray he would bow his head and he would say heavenly father or holy father times he would say our father Sometimes he would say even "Alba, Father. That was unheard of until Jesus did that. In the Gospels, there's only one time that when Jesus bowed his head, there's only one time that when he bowed his head and prayed that he did not say, Father. It's when on the cross, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know what it took to get you into the family? The rightful son... The rightful son was forsaken from the family so that you could be adopted in the family. The only time that we find a prayer from the lips of Jesus that did not include the word Father is on the cross where he speaks of being forsaken. It was at that moment that he gave up his rights, all that he had earned, all that he had done, to take on the penalty of your punishment and so you would get the reward of his resurrection friend listen carefully i care not what's going on in this country if you're a follower of the lord jesus christ let me say it a second time he has mugged you with his great love and you have no idea how incredibly blessed you are how unbelievably valuable you are and how richly loved you are in jesus christ you've got to settle the family issue today who's son are you whose daughter are you if you think it's just by default you walk into this earth you're born once i'm good to go friend i'm telling you you've not experienced the miracle of a hell-bound sinner having been changed because the son was forsaken so that you'd be accepted today you've got to settle the family issue Thanks for listening to the North Richland Hills Baptist Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to nrhbc.org.